0: These communication styles can predict the end of your relationship. Welcome to the Men's Dating Guide. I'm Margaret, clinical therapist turned dating coach for men. In this guide, I will take you through understanding women, what they want, and how to be the most attractive version of yourself naturally. By combining psychology of attraction, dating skills, and a little bit of perspective, you can have the dating life you crave. Welcome again to the podcast. I'm Margaret, founder of Elevated Man. And today we're going to be talking about four particular communication styles that have been shown to predict the end of a marriage specifically. But I am just going to talk about these communication styles in the context of dating and relationships. I would imagine that a lot of you guys listening are not married, but if you are, you know, that's cool too, and it definitely applies. So let's jump right into this. So the four things that I'm going to be talking about today are called the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So Dr. John Gottman is a psychologist, and he did a ton of research and studies about couples working to understand the predictors of whether or not they might get divorced. And Dr. John Gottman came up with these four, basically, types of communication styles that are found in marriages, and if these communication styles are found, the likelihood of divorce is increased. And he was even able to find out by about, I think, 90% accuracy whether or not a couple a couple would end up in divorce, a marriage would end up Um, dissipating. So it's kind of neat, these four horsemen that he uses are called Contempt, Criticism, Defensiveness, and Stonewalling. And he has paralleled this from a story in the Bible where there were four horsemen, each representing a different part of the apocalypse. So conquest, war, hunger, and death. Like I mentioned, these are communication styles, not even really actual like behaviors like cheating or lying. Um, And I think it is interesting because these are almost so much stronger because they pervasively kind of erode the foundation of a relationship. And remember, as humans, communication is really the basis in all we have. It's so important. So these really are strong indicators of the health of a relationship. And when I'm talking about these, I definitely want you to think not just in your relationships if you do this, but do you do this with your boss? Do you do this with your friends? And how this may or may not impact the health of your relationships all around, not just romantic relationships. The first one I'm going to talk about is contempt. And John Gottman found that this was the biggest predictor of divorce, the biggest indicator of an unhealthy relationship. Contempt basically is having... Really strong, deep-seated, negative feelings about your partner, and it can be seen as an attack on their sense of self, on the way you see them. You feel like they have this universal flaw in their personality, an underlying belief that they just aren't good people, a belief maybe that they're not intelligent and therefore can't make good choices. If you have contempt for your partner, it could be about having that belief maybe that they're not intelligent. And therefore, they can't make any good choices. Or a belief that they're lazy, and then this means that they can't get anything done. It may also come across as mocking them. So the issue here with contempt is that over time, these deep-seated beliefs change how we begin to interact with our partners. So if you have this deep-seated belief that your partner is lazy and you've decided that that's in their character, that they're lazy, imagine every single time maybe they forget to do something, you're going to go back to telling yourself that it confirms that belief. Yup, they're lazy. I knew it. And it just builds that contempt even further. So contempt can be built, like I mentioned, over time, or sometimes it even happens very quickly in the beginning of a relationship. You may start to create like this narrative in your head based on the things you've seen that person do. So if they show up late constantly or they miss that really important interview, you know, you're going to think that they're lazy or you're going to tell yourself that they just don't have things together, that their life is a mess and that they don't know how to live an organized life and get things done. So throughout a relationship or even in the beginning when you start to build that narrative of that person, that negative narrative, and make these assumptions about their character or these decisions about their character and the way their character is, it basically erodes that positive vision that you had for the person or that you ever are able to even develop for that person. So it's really important to check yourself here on that. You can easily say, well, you know, it's their issue. They're always late. But remember, when we're in a relationship, it's not about being right. It's about choosing to form a team, choosing to form a partnership with that person and work toward positive relations, positive interactions. Being aware that you have these negative thoughts about your partner is going to help you to kind of change that negative narrative that maybe you've started to develop. So the next one is criticism, which basically we all have heard what criticism is before, but I wanna break it down so you really understand what it means in the context of these four horsemen and in the context of eroding a relationship. So it's the disapproval of someone, and it's not just the disapproval of something that someone does, but it goes deeper. It's more of a character attack. So criticizing in this way doesn't address a specific issue it generalizes in a way that makes assumptions that a person's character is just completely flawed to the core. A lot of the time when we're talking about this type of very dangerous criticism, criticism that's dangerous to the health of a relationship, we're using the words you never, you always, why don't you ever, you never call me. Instead of saying hey, I love hearing your voice. I'd be happy if you called me more. So coming out and communicating that need directly instead of cloaking it in an attack, you never call. So by being clear about what we need, you know, by saying it in that loving way, I really love hearing your voice. And it would—it makes me happy when you call, I wish you'd call more. That really leaves you out there for being rejected, right? I mean, we would hope that our partner wouldn't reject us. But I think that a lot of times when we cloak our needs in criticism, you never, you always, instead of just coming out and saying what we need, it's because we are afraid of being rejected. It's because we're afraid of being vulnerable. So, really, just being clear on what the real issue is. You know? I feel happy when you call when you don't I'm not getting what I want (laughs) don't say it that way but you get what I'm saying instead of hiding what's really going on with an attack be a little bit vulnerable with it and if you're with someone who can be vulnerable too then they're going to receive it really well if they don't receive it really well well then that's a whole nother issue and you know, they too probably have some stuff that they have to work on with vulnerability and connection. But the next one here is defensiveness. And I know everyone has done this before. Everyone's probably done all of these before. But it's about the pattern that creates the issue and trying to correct the pattern and making sure it doesn't become a habit. So defensiveness is not taking that responsibility. It's diffusing, redirecting, Maybe your partner is trying to address an issue and you're just not accepting what they're saying by using defensiveness. And the reason why this is so harmful in a partnership is because basically it invalidates what the person is saying and it just makes them feel like they can't bring to you their needs and their concerns. And for some people, you know, being defensive can just be like second nature and it just has to be a habit that we need to break. So if you feel yourself becoming defensive, just pause for a second, you know, in that moment and don't even say anything. Just try and focus on the actual emotion behind the words of what the person is saying and that that can help you to check that defensiveness. So imagine she says to you, did you call and make that reservation inside? Maybe the reality of it is you're feeling really frustrated with yourself that you forgot. You're feeling mad at yourself because you knew that that reservation was really important to her. But you might, instead of communicating that you're really frustrated with yourself, you might diffuse this frustration with a feeling of, with a a behavior of defensiveness. So a better way to just attack this head on is to say, I'm really upset at myself because I knew that it was really important to you and I feel like I let you down. And again... It's easier to use defensiveness because defensiveness shields us from having to be vulnerable. And vulnerability is scary because it leaves us the possibility of being rejected by our partner. But when we are both doing the work in a relationship, when we are both operating from the perspective of we are a team here, all of that defensiveness can kind of fall away because we feel safe in that partnership. But that's something that, you know, a lot of times people have to work toward and it's a part of their growth. And I mentioned these in this podcast for a lot of you all who are not even in relationships yet because you have to build yourself up as an individual before you're really going to be great in a relationship. So noticing these communication styles and patterns before you even meet your dream woman and, and reflecting on how you maybe interact is going to help you be set up for success when you do meet her. The last one here out of the four horsemen of the apocalypse is stonewalling, AKA the silent treatment. So basically this is putting up a wall, a stone wall. You're refusing to engage in a conversation. You won't talk to someone. And sometimes maybe you guys might use this for control. You're controlling the dynamic by just walking away. You're controlling how the conversation progresses. And sometimes you may use it because you're literally emotionally overwhelmed. You're emotionally overloaded. This can be a defense mechanism that you might use to avoid having to feel the difficult feelings that are going to come up in this conversation. And a lot of times, it's kind of funny, but it's a stereotype, I guess, but you'll hear it. Women may use Stonewalling by saying, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Right, even though they're not physically walking out or saying, I'm not going to talk about it, if you know something is really going on, but they're saying, No, I'm fine. That's essentially shutting it down, right? That's another form of stonewalling. There's a lot of different reasons why we may engage in some of these communication styles that are really detrimental. You know, it could have been the caregiving style of our caregiver growing up, or we could have seen it in the marriage of our parents growing up. And basically, That's modeling for us, right? So if our parents modeled these behaviors, that's all we know. The only reason we turn away from using a certain style of communication or behavior is because it causes us pain and it gives us an outcome we don't want. And that's great. But if we're unaware or don't know how to connect the pieces, connect the pieces that, oh, wow, it was this stonewalling that I'm doing. That's leading to the end of all my relationships because we never can talk through issues and come to a a resolution. So I know that this podcast episode is going to be helpful for you guys because it'll help you reflect a little bit on your communication styles and maybe tweak some things. With that said, I know that a lot of times it can be really hard to apply some of this stuff on your own and that is where that one-on-one coaching can be really helpful Alright guys, we went over a lot today talking about those four communication styles and I know there for sure is something in here that can be helpful to you when you're reflecting about your communication styles in your relationships and maybe how you use some of these things in your relationships and how they might have really cost you the end of your relationship. So if you want to learn more about coaching at Elevated Man, go to elevatedmancoach.com. There you can find all about the different types of coaching offerings that we have. And we have added a new offering, some email support for you guys who maybe feel a little bit more comfortable doing the email type support versus the one-to-one video coaching. Until the next one, I hope you all enjoy your day.